Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Catlin. And welcome to the How, How to, to Love, Love Me podcast. podcast. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of How to Love Me, the podcast where we talk about mental health and relationships. But it's a little different today. Obviously, I'm missing my better half, and I'm all by myself. That's right. It's a solo sode, guys. So, why are we doing a solo sode? Well, truth is, Kelly did one, so I should do one. And I mean, it makes sense. I'll be honest, guys, my story is out there. Um, I've done an episode of the Mental Wealth Podcast. Um, I've kind of talked a little bit about my struggles with mental health as a whole on this podcast as well, but I'm kind of not really going to go into the whole story of everything. Uh, I'm kind of just going to scroll through a few things and kind of talk about how my life has kind of put me in the position where I am right now, and especially with my mental health. So, I mean, just to get right into it, it all starts like everybody else, your childhood. My childhood was normal. I mean, I had me, my sister, my parents. We didn't have a lot growing up, but I never knew that. So my parents were really fantastic in, you know, providing everything that I ever wanted or needed. So as a kid, I never really grew up wanting. I got to play hockey. I got to be in baseball, do all the school sports. So, you know, I was a, I was a little sporty kind of growing up. Um, one thing that I'd had an issue with, you know, as a child was not even as a child, as a young adult. So when I turned, I think 15, 16, I stopped playing hockey, um, which I did it because I didn't like the violence. Uh, truth be told, guys, like I think on my last season of hockey, the captain of my team got into a fight in the middle of a game with the opposing team's goalie. Now, I know hockey, you know, it, it's renowned for its scraps. A, a hockey scrap is a, like a Canadian pastime. I just really wasn't for that. I loved hockey for the game. I'm like, uh, I grew up as a huge Wayne Gretzky fan. And if any of you guys know anything of Wayne Gretzky, he was not a physical player. He was a finesse player. And of course, you could say, yeah, back in the day, it was easy. But nevertheless, he's considered the great one. And I was always a big fan of him. I always loved him and his sportsmanship and the fact that he never had to throw his body out there. So I kind of idolized him and that's the way I played hockey. Growing up, I mean, at the end of every season, typically in leagues, they hand out trophies or awards. You know, most valuable player, most improved. I typically got the most sportsmanlike because I would never get penalty minutes. I think I've gotten like three penalties in my career. And you know what? I'll never forget my first penalty in hockey. It was another kid was in the corner with a puck. I was skating in. I didn't even, I couldn't figure out how to stop in time and slammed right into him in the boards. Then I got a penalty for it. And that was my first penalty in hockey. And I kind of never wanted to do that because, you know, you could cause injury to somebody. You could do a lot of different things. And, you know, I, I never wanted to be that guy. I always wanted to be the nice guy. So... How does that lead into my story? Well, I'm the nice guy. Truth be told, I one of the things that I've had to deal with since I was a kid is the way, I guess, as Kelly would call it, my perfectionism. I'm, um, I'm a perfectionist, not in what I do per se, but in how people see me. Um, 
I kind of grew up with a lot of family pride. Um, I grew up in a small town where, you know, everybody knows everybody. So, you know, everything that I would do could affect my dad. It could affect my mom, you know, like it was more to do with like the heritage of the last name and being super respectful. And I wouldn't consider that the only reason I was like that. I mean, I was a good kid. I never really got into trouble. I, you know, I was kind of the voice of reason in my group of friends, honestly, which kind of makes me the boring one. But at the end of the day, um, like I say, I was that nice kid, the one that would never upset somebody. And if someone was upset with me, it would affect me in probably the worst way. And the main reason because of that is... I wanted people to see me in the best light possible. I never wanted people to see me in anything but the best light. Um, So when I stopped playing hockey, like I said, um, I continued to eat like I was playing hockey, ended up gaining a bunch of weight. Um, I dealt with weight when I was playing hockey too. I was a heavier set kid. And unfortunately, you know, there was some locker room teasing. um, And I guess to be completely honest, I didn't like showering after hockey simply because I didn't like taking my shirt off in front of people and being judged even though it was like a group of guys that I knew I just never wanted that judgment so even as a kid I would build it up in my head that as soon as I take off my shirt they're gonna judge me they're gonna look at me and say oh he's fat he's not cool let's uh let's tease him and I never wanted to be that guy so that was something I always kind of fought with and one thing I'll never forget um I think I was getting out of the car. My mom was dropping me off at hockey practice. And uh, I kept, you know, this is when I was starting to gain a little weight, getting a little pudgy. And I always found myself like pulling up my clothes and like trying to loosen them off and like stretching them out. My mom actually stopped me one day and said, you know, when you stretch out your clothes, it doesn't make you look any better. You know, like I, I get it. I get it. But yeah, like you don't need to tug on it. If you just leave it as is, you look fine. And you know what? That was um, for me. That was huge. The fact that my mom, you know, pointed out the exactly what was going through my head and a way to fix it, that kind of changed everything for me um, and kind of more of a positive. Now, obviously, I still have a bit of body dysmorphia. I do not like my body. Um, at one point, so I'm 5'10". At one point, I was 250 pounds. I was very overweight and very unhealthy. Um, I'm now sitting in like a solid 190. Um yeah, so it's it's been a struggle. Uh, it's taken a lot of years to lose that weight. And, you know, even going to the gym and living that life, it it didn't really do it for me. So, it, it, you know, it took a lot. It took a lot. It took a lot of playing with diets, playing with my exercise, getting everything figured out. Um, I did it the hard way. I mean, I didn't hire a personal trainer. I didn't hire a nutritionist. I did it selfishly on my own. Mainly because, well, for one, I couldn't afford it. But two, I didn't want to bring somebody else into my problems. So that is another thing that I've been struggling with my whole life is bringing people in on my problems. So typically, when I would have an issue, I wouldn't want to bring it to somebody else because that would put that stress on their plate. Just like if one of my friends came to me with a problem or blah, blah, blah. Basically, I looked at how everyone reacted um, around me and how their reactions affected me. Then I would turn that around and say, well, okay, if I do this, how does that affect the other people? So in a weird way, I kind of closed myself off on that. And there wasn't a whole lot of things that I talked about. Um, 
so that was a bit of, I guess, my childhood and the progression into where I was. Um, You know, growing up in a small town, I didn't have a lot of stress. It was a pretty simple life. Um, Like I say, I stayed out of trouble. Uh, Then I moved to the city and, you know, that was interesting. That was good, though. I never really had much of a problem. So truth be told, guys, when it comes to mental health, I've been open and honest with what I deal with on a daily basis and what I deal with on more of a, you know, monthly basis. But I didn't really know what any of this was when I was growing up. Obviously, growing up in the, you know, 90s, early 2000s, mental health wasn't a big thing. And it wasn't something that we talked about. The hard part was, is, you know, when you grow up in a school system, and you see the kids that are different, and they're never the kids that you want to hang out with, which which fucking sucks, guys. I mean, I'll be honest, it sucks. Because I missed out on a lot of opportunities to make some really good friends in high school because of social standings, truthfully. One of the things that I always wanted to do was kind of hang out with the popular crowd, but I was always mid-level. I I was friends with everybody, um, at least acquaintances with everybody. I never pissed anybody off. Um, I was never anybody's enemy. So, you know, I was just kind of playing the neutral ground. And yeah, I mean, truth be told, that was the biggest thing is, you know, back in the day, if mental health came out, I feel like it would have been something. If I would have talked about mental health or knew that I dealt with mental health, that I would be bullied for it, which is the exact opposite of what really should be happening here. I mean, if we think about it like this, in a world, you know, where at least I grew up in, it, I would go and say that it's really tough to be yourself because everything that makes you different tends to be the things that people pick on. So one of the things that, um, another thing that I did when I was a kid was kind of create a way to get out. It was kind of like my scapegoat. So I never liked being teased. Obviously, nobody likes being teased. But what I would do is I'd actually turn it around. I'd figure out what they could make fun of me before they could. And then I would make fun of myself. So it'd be like, you know, I realized that owning it was really the way to deal with things. You know, like, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm not one that proudly rips a fart. I mean, I don't. But there are guys out there that do. And I actually learned from that. So um, I never really, you know, if I was to rip a stinky fart, I would never wanted to admit it because then I'd be that guy that ripped stinky farts and it, and it would bring me a bunch of attention in a negative way. But I found out guys own it. I, I kind of watched that. And instead of being teased, they made fun of themselves. And it, it literally just kind of nullified the whole thing from happening to the point where they were commended on it. So I kind of took that. Yeah, that's right. I learned from farts. And I kind of took that and applied it to a lot of my things. So one of my knee-jerk reactions to something embarrassing happening to me is owning it and making fun of myself. So if I make fun of myself then nobody else can make fun of me first. It's kind of like a, I don't know, a defense mechanism, I guess one would say. And it's something that I've kind of held on to up to, you know, adulthood. Even today, like in even in a business situation, I find it does help break the ice. And, you know, as an adult, it's not something that I would actually get rid of. You know, knowing that I have this trait that, you know, I will instantly just turn it around and make fun of myself. 
Because if you think about it in a school dynamic, the kid that always cracks the jokes and makes everybody laugh is the popular kid in school, right? So instead of making fun of other people, you can make fun of yourself and still be that same popular kid. Kind of an interesting concept, right? So that's something I've carried on into my adulthood too. So even in a professional setting, you know, not saying that I'm ripping farts in boardrooms or anything, but you know, that can be applied to anything like slipping, you know, even just like missing a step and tripping or falling, you know, stuff like that. Like small things like that where you can be embarrassed. I've found if you just kind of laugh about it, instead of making fun of you, they laugh with you. And that's kind of where our I, that, that's what I like about it is the fact that people are laughing with me and not at me. And it kind of gives me the control. And I think that's something that I will continue to do for the rest of my life because I find, you know, it kind of breaks the ice too. It lets people know that, you know, Hey, I'm just human. I make mistakes. You know, I, I'm not perfect. So I'm going to make fun of myself about it. And I think in my opinion, that that does improve, you know, everyone's view of me at the same time, which for me is probably the most important thing because the last thing I want is people to view me in a negative light. Like I said, it's something that I've been dealing with for a long time. So those are a few things that I've learned kind of, you know, in my 30s that I've been dealing with since I was a kid and kind of things that I've learned to deal with and how I've dealt with them and why I deal with them. But none of these really talk to my mental health yet. So, I mean, just to get right into it, guys, about seven years ago, um, and this is going to get a little emotional. I just want you guys to know. Um, About seven years ago, my sister actually came to me, and I'd been riding a motorcycle for about three years. My dad had been riding a motorcycle, I think, for more than that or less, a couple years. Anyway, we've all been riding motorcycles, so my sister wanted to get into it as well. She came to me, she wanted me to buy her a bike, I went and bought the bike, taught her how to ride for a month, went on a highway trip, and unfortunately, due to driver error, she got into an accident, she didn't survive. So I lost my sister, and that twisted me up in more ways than I can admit. Um, There's a lot of things about it. If you guys actually want to hear more about it and kind of the situation, I'm not going to go into depth, but if you want to listen to it, I think it's episode 23 of the Mental Wealth Podcast. Um, I am obviously the guest on that one, and I talk a lot about the accident and how it made me feel, and Kayla asked some really amazing questions. So if you guys haven't heard my whole story, Go over to there, take a listen. It's a hard episode to choke down, I'm not going to lie. We both shed some tears, but that's not what this episode's about. This episode is about me learning and becoming the person that I am. And to get there, we do have to bring up the accident. So with that, I lost my sister. Um, Before that, I would tell you that mental health was a farce. It's a bunch of bullshit that people made up because they can't deal with their stress. So it turns out I was completely wrong and I was a fucking idiot. I mean, that's the only way I could, I could, well, I wouldn't say I'm a fucking idiot, but I didn't know any better. And since then, you know, I've learned so much and, and that, that's the biggest part is learning from it. So from the accident, depression, anxiety, obviously some PTSD. That was um, that was a hard struggle for me. Um, I also deal with some OCD and some ADHD. 
So that's all a whole lot of fun. But the big thing is, is I never wanted to put blame or a name to anything because then I would be considered a broken person. And now I look at it as more of like, I don't want to say a badge of honor, guys, because I mean, mental health issues are not a badge of honor, but they're my scars and I show them off. I'm, I'm at the point in my life now where I have scars. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I have mental scars. I've got physical scars. I've got emotional scars. And I'm willing to show them simply because I'm hoping. And like the whole reason that I've done this, you know, Kelly and I started this podcast. We work with the Mental Wealth Project. You know, Kaylor started it. And that was kind of like our inspiration for trying to do better. Um, I've always wanted to get my story out there just because I feel like it could help people. And my story was, isn't easy. It's a hard one. And everyone's story is hard. I mean, that's the first thing I'm going to tell you. There is no fix for mental health. There's no fix for anxiety. There's no fix for the way you feel. But you can work with it. And that's the thing. These are tools. I actually use some of these for good. And that's the thing. There are negative and there can be positive effects to mental health. Not all of them, mind you. But... There's always a bright side on everything. So for instance, my ADHD, um, it's really hard to control sometimes. I have a hard time focusing in, really getting on it, but I can multitask like a motherfucker, which is fantastic for me. So I can run multiple scenarios and everything through my head, which I use for work. I mean, I use it in my professional setting. It is a little bit of a nuisance sometimes when I have something that I'm not super enthralled in and I just want to get it done. ADHD kind of sucks for that. Now, another thing that I deal with at work is anxiety. I mean, anxiety is huge. You know, that stress of, I always want to produce. I always want to do the best. Like even my current company now, I am still a new hire technically. I mean, I this will be my second, third week, second week with them. And yeah, there's still anxiety there. I mean, and there's nothing I can do about that. I want to do the best. I want to make sure that when they think of me as an employee, they think of nothing but great things and what I do for the company, not the neg- negative things like, oh, you know, he's lazy, he's this, he's that. I don't want them to have to say that. I don't want them to or even to have the ability to say that because that's not what I want. I want people to view me in the best light, especially people who are paying me for my services. You know, like that—that that is something huge. So anxiety, that's that's another one. Depression, I mean... I can't think of a single person out there that might not feel depressed. I'm sure there are out there. I mean, I've heard of them. But yeah, depression is something that it affects you almost at a cellular level. Um, It doesn't matter what you have or how great things are. You're always going to focus on the negatives. And that's that in itself is a struggle. I mean, we've got to be able to focus on the positives and that makes it really tough. So what do I do for that? Honestly, unwind. I mean, you've got everyday stresses, no matter what you get home, you think, all right, well, there's dishes to be made, I got to cook dinner, you know, you get into these rhythms. Um, At least that's what I did is you get into these rhythms. So your day flies by quicker. And it comes to the point where those rhythms end up being stressful, because you have such a rhythm and such a step by step that just because you're on step one, you are dreading step 10. Because your nights are the same, your evenings are the same, your schedule is the same. Break up that schedule. 
that's where I find that I get the break. This is why I really love hunting and fishing. So growing up, I did a shit ton of fishing. Not a whole lot of hunting, a little bit with my dad. And it was always good. But um, yeah, fishing with my dad. I mean, I have literally the best memories of just growing up, being on a boat, and just being out there. I mean, I loved fishing so much as a kid. We were at, uh, I think it was the summer here in Cold Lake. And there was a lake trout fishing tournament and we were out there I think we got up at four o'clock in the morning I was just so excited to be a part of this and go out with my dad my uncle and spend the day on the lake they all had their coffee I had my hot chocolate I poured myself one um and I was in such a tired daze that I actually swatted my hot chocolate out of the cup holder and ended up pouring it on my foot to the point where I got second degree burns on the boat while I was fishing and it sucked and it was the top of my foot and you know think about like a a sunburn on the top of your foot it sucks but I didn't go in I actually stuck my foot out the window because it was you know I think it was like two or three foot waves out that day high winds it was nice and cool outside so I just stuck my foot out the window and stayed fishing the entire day and it was fantastic so why do I say fishing and hunting are my relaxing because you get away from your house. You get away from everything. You know, when you're in the field, your phone's off. You don't want, you know, the noise of setting off animals or anything. So you don't want your phone on. You don't have your house, which has chores to do. You don't have your honey-do list. All you're there to do is try to get meat. And you might not. That's the thing. There's a reason it's called fishing and not catching. Because you don't always catch. And I have fantastic days out there not catching. I mean, for instance, when Kelly and I were out there on the weekend, we did not catch a thing. We saw some on the camera. I got a couple hits, but nothing crazy. But it was still a fantastic day because we got away from everything. And I think that was the biggest thing. So for those of you who are setting your schedules and you're very A-type, I I am a very A-type person. I do love scheduling, but the schedule can be a huge burden on you. And just keep that in mind, guys. Like, The fact that you can do this, you know, and take that break and go outside and just reset, even if you do it for a half an hour to an hour, any way of like even just going out for a walk, just get away from your house, even out for a drive, just something that'll get you away from your everyday thoughts. Because I mean, the second you get home, this is when you start thinking about dinner, dishes, chores around the house. I got a shovel. I got to do this. I've got bills coming up. What about this? All these things all run through your head, at least for me, run through my head all at once. And it becomes this huge ball of stress and anxiety. And everybody needs a break. That's all I'm going to say is everybody needs a break. And you've got to find what works best for you. For some people, it can be reading a book, having a bath, reading a book or playing video games. That's another thing I will say, guys. There's been a lot of judgment um, over the years, especially when I was growing up about games and I'm going to say they're they're fucking fantastic. I mean, I spent a lot of time as a gamer. Um, I don't game as much anymore. I actually kind of find myself that I grew out of it. But there's a sense of camaraderie. There's a sense of joy, a sense of accomplishment that comes with gaming. And I mean, there's also a sense of community if you're in the right situation. So I was part of uh, being an adult. I decided to join a clan in a game that uh, was strictly adults and it was fantastic. I made some great friends that were all over the world and met some fantastic people through it. 
also got to hear a lot of different stories too. And yeah, I, there's a lot that I learned from video gaming. And so one thing I will say, if you've got somebody who enjoys video gaming or sorry, gaming in general, let them, let them have that fun. I think it's a really good, there is a balance to it. And that is the hard part. I mean, they're going to go off the deep end for sure. Once you fall in love with a game, it's really easy just to want to play it every moment of every day because you get that sense of accomplishment. You have tasks, you get your tasks done, you get a reward, and that's it. And the good thing is, is in a video game, if you go broke, you just reset. But that's not life. And this is why it's always nice to have that little alternate reality where you can kind of escape to. So gaming, I'm a big fan of it. I think it's great, which is the opposite of hunting and fishing, in my opinion. But I do both. And I think both of them have their, their, their merits. I mean, you can't argue it. That's for sure. And I mean, obviously, gaming has become a big thing in the world. And, you know, it'll continue to grow. I mean, it's going to be... It's, I mean, esports, it's a thing. Check it out. It's surprising, I know. So yeah, video games, another great one. Um, but yeah, there's you can have anything along those lines that will really help take you out of your mindset and kind of get you to a place where you get a little bit more relaxed, you got to catch your breath, and life gets a little simpler. And I think that's that's a step that everybody needs to take. So, why am I talking about all this? These are all just things that I've kind of learned throughout my life that I figure if I say it, you know, one of these things might stick, one might not, and that's fine. Um, I'm kind of just more or less filling up time, <laughs> really. I mean, what else are you going to do, right? Uh, it's a solo sode. You guys are kind of stuck listening to me. So, moving from there, where am I at now? So right now, I'm doing a lot better with my mental health. Obviously, 2020 was a kick in the nards. Um, financial struggles were huge. And there were times in 2020 where I actually broke down and said, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. Like, life is fucking hard. My depression got so bad, I will openly admit that I had major, con- I contemplated suicide. It was a way out. Because I was tired of feeling the way that I felt. I was tired of struggling. Didn't matter what I did. And truthfully, guys, a lot of it was financial. Because I lost my job that was well-paid. And I struggled with that so hard. To the point where, you know, I had to find another job. It was half the money that I was making before. I still had debt and payments. Like, I wasn't you know, making half as much. And it, it just, it all culminated into a huge pile of stress where, I mean, I'll be honest, but I was driving down the highway and thought, man, it would be just so easy just to turn my wheel right now and end it. And there was a lot of times that I contemplated that. And it's sad to say, but don't feel sad about it. I mean, don't feel sad for me because it's something that I had to go through. You've got to go through lows. One thing that has been told to me is that if it wasn't for the dark, you'd never see the light. So, I mean, you think about it as life contrast. You've got to have good, you've got to have bad. If it wasn't for the bad times, you wouldn't appreciate the good. If your life was all good and fantastic, then that's all you would expect. But you've got to have the bad times to, you know, really look at the good times and say, shit, they're not that bad. They're really not. Like, they're pretty good. I'm very happy right now. So, and that's the thing, 2020 was my 
low point, in my opinion, especially with my mental health, especially with my financial situation and everything. It was a really, really tough year. Um, Kelly was a big part of the reason I got out of it. My mom too, my parents, my mom and my dad, like, and my grandparents and obviously everybody listening here. I, I don't know if I can say this enough, but the community that we have already has honestly saved me more times than I'm willing to admit. Knowing that I'm here trying to do my best, knowing that this episode could help one person is enough for me to kind of get out of bed, deal with my depression and say, you know what? Fucking buck up. It could be a lot fucking worse, dude. And there are people out there that have it worse than you. And I know that. I won't think of that at the time because this is my problem. But it's true, guys. I mean, it, it's kind of how life is. And it's not easy. And you know what? This is probably going to be something that everybody said and everybody's heard. But don't worry. The bad times will pass. The bad times will pass. And you know what? I said that on my um, episode with the Mental Wealth Project to the point where when I was at my lowest, I actually listened to that episode and then I had to listen to my own advice. And that actually was huge for me because I was optimistic and very happy when I recorded that podcast. So it was from a different spot in my life and where I could tell people that, yeah, it does get better. You can get past it. I needed to hear that more than anybody at that moment, and I heard it from myself, which is pretty fucking cool. I'm not saying I'm a prophet, but I said some pretty cool shit on there. So, going from there, guys, I mean, that's kind of it. That's kind of all I want to really touch on because, I mean, there's so much more with this podcast that we're going to uncover. And the one thing I will say is with this podcast, we're uncovering this kind of the same time that we're recording it. So... When we have an episode that we have to record, we think about, you know, what did we go through this week? What's, you know, what's current in our lives that we can talk about and really kind of bring to the masses? And yeah, you guys get it kind of fresh, freshly picked off the tree. So, you know, and one thing that I will say about us is, you know, we're going to flip flop. I'll I'll be honest. I mean, we are, oh shit, I want to say we're like 27 episodes in already. There are going to be times that, you know, what I said before changes. And with this podcast, we want to grow it. I mean, we started this when we first got together, when we were just dating. So you guys are going to be through, you know, obviously you've seen our engagement. We're going to talk about getting married. We're going to talk about starting a family and having kids, um, raising these kids. You know, this is something that we want to bring to the How to Love Me podcast and to the group and to you guys, because this is why we do this. So, We're also open to a lot of episode ideas. So let me say that. I know you guys don't really hit up our email or anything, but how the number two love me podcast at Gmail on Instagram and on Facebook. If you guys hit us up, give us some episode ideas. I mean, obviously we know what we kind of talk about because it's what's prevalent to us, but that doesn't mean we can't talk about any other subjects. So if you guys have anything you guys want to hear us talk about, Hit us up, let us know. And just even if you want to send us an email, just say, hey, episode idea. Or if you want to DM us, just say, hey, I got an episode idea. How about this? Let's give it a shot, guys. I mean, we've got to make sure that we're also producing for you guys. Because, I mean, 
we could kind of take it easy and just kind of chat and have a general chat, but I don't think you guys would benefit from that. And I want to make sure that we're covering the topics that you guys want to hear. So any bit of feedback that we get is huge. Um, with that guys, I think we're going to, I'm just going to end it and go into, I guess, segments. When we do solo sods, we don't talk about, you know, other people. We talk about ourselves. So I'm going to talk about why I love me. Obviously, I was involved in that accident and I lost my sister. And um, one of the things that would have been really simple for me is to start a drug problem. I mean, I, I could have just went off the deep end and just become a scuzz bag, got into drugs, got into everything and just didn't give a fuck about life. It was really easy, and I mean, no one would have judged me if I did it. I mean, yeah, there would be judgment, the fact that I let my life go that way, but they would all be like, well, you know, he lost his sister, he witnessed it, it would make sense. But I didn't, and I persevered. And the thing that I love about me is the fact that I'm standing here today. The fact that I'm talking to you guys today, because... For me to be in a place where I can talk about my mental health and talk about the accident and talk about the struggles that I've been in and do it with somebody that I really love and care about and, you know, give it to you guys, you know, and you guys get something from it. That's, that's what I love about me. It's the fact that I was able to get here. This isn't, this isn't something a lot of people can do. I mean, you ask a lot of people if they'd be willing to do this and a lot of them would say no. And I would say no, because I'm more or less putting my dirty laundry out on the internet for everyone to hear. But I want people to learn from it because I'm not a perfect person. I've made mistakes, but I love where I am today and I love my that I kept my optimism because that's one thing that I never let die. And I hope that I never do. So with that, guys, we need more episode ideas from you. So please hit us up. How the number two Love Me Podcast. And if you ain't following us on Instagram, then you sleeping. So check us out. Because, I mean, we put stuff up there on Instagram and Facebook. And we try to respond to every comment you guys put up. So DM us. Hit us up on there. Let us know what you think. And we're always open to feedback, too. Don't ever think that you can't just reach out and say something to us. Because we're just normal people. That's it. I mean, it's not like we're getting paid for any of this. We're just doing it for the good of the world. And that's all that matters. So with that, guys, I hope you guys have a fantastic week. And I can't wait to talk to you later. So we love you. And bye!